It's yours, boys and girls and boys. Let's go! Welcome to the Locked On Capitals podcast. I'm your host, Amy Rothenberger. Get ready to rock the red, unleash the fury, and cheer in all caps. Now let's start the show. It's a great day to talk about hockey, and today is also a great day to watch Capitals hockey. For the first time in about 140 days, there's a Washington Capitals game to be played. Granted, it's an exhibition game, but any hockey is good hockey, especially after as long a drought as we've had. On today's podcast, we're going to start off with the final installation of our round-robin roundtable, where we make some predictions for the playoffs, and we also talk about whether or not seeding is important to the four top teams in the East. After that, we're going to talk about life in the bubble. And finally, we're going to have a preview of this afternoon's Capitals exhibition game against the Carolina Hurricanes. Now let's kick it off with the last installation of our round robin roundtable. Now let's talk about some of the predictions that, you know, maybe some of us have. Maybe you could throw some crazy ones out there, uh, like I've been saying. And uh, Sarah Evanpato from Lacan King said to me that she definitely wants a Zach Bogosian Stanley Cup Finals OT game winner to clinch the series. (laughs) Now, what are some maybe predictions before we get into ideal matchups and all that that we all have? Uh, Danielle? That's a hard one because honestly, I'm, I'm just like, my mindset is just focus on the Flyers. So I don't know. My prediction is that I, I go back and forth because I don't know if I want the Flyers to win the cup uh, or if I don't because of COVID. It'll be the COVID cup in my mm. mind and they won't get a parade and everything I've been waiting for will have to be postponed. So I don't know. Um, Yeah, I guess I'm kind of like up in the air. I don't know if I want the Flyers to win or not. Mm-hmm. But I'm just excited to see how they do, to be honest. I'm going to just – maybe I'll I'll just go and say that the Penguins-Hab series is going to go five games. That's my, my, uh, my uh, edgy prediction for all this. I believe that the Habs are going to play the Penguins tough, even though, you know, the, the Penguins have a ton of playoff experience. I believe that they're going to give the Penguins a hard time. Um, what do you think, Rachel? What are some of your predictions, maybe either for the Flyers or for maybe from some other of the series that we have in the Eastern Conference? It's more of a hope than a prediction, but I, I would like the Islanders to just go away quietly. Thank you. As if they never existed. I think <laughs> that, that would be a great eventuality for these playoffs because I feel like the Islanders fan base is just has this like giant rock on their shoulders. It's not even a chip. It's just this boulder and it, they, they need to be taken down a notch. (laughs) Yeah. I mean that, that series between them and the Panthers, I think I don't, I don't see myself watching a second of that. I really don't care who wins or maybe both, both teams just bow out by default for whatever reason. You know but. what'll be great about watching that series though? You won't have to listen to a whole bunch of fans yell, "Yes, yes, yes." That yes, is true. Yes, that is true. Time. But then again, we don't know if they're going to pump that into the arena. Ooh, uh, they probably <laughs> will. <laughs> yeah, so you have to remember that. Um Ian, what are 
what is maybe your prediction either for the Bruins or for maybe one of the Eastern Conference series? Uh, you know what? Speaking of the Panthers, I've been, I've been kind of high on them all year. I think that if, if Sergei Borowski can play up to kind of his name or even league average goaltending, I think that team can actually make a lot of, a lot of noise. I was expecting them to be a lot better during the regular season and they've kind of gotten a second life here. I think they'll, they'll definitely be the Islanders. And depending on who they are matched up with in the first round, I think they could win a round or two and, and really surprise some people. So that's one of my uh, predictions for the Bruins. You know, I mentioned earlier that it's, it's kind of lame that they have to re-earn the top seed. But I think out of all the first-round matchups, the only one that I'd be remotely concerned about really is the, the Pittsburgh Penguins if they end up with the fourth seed. Um, I think they should, at the very least, you know, make it to the second round. And depending on the seeding, um, I would love to see them, them match up against the Tampa Bay Lightning as we were all kind of looking forward to when they had that game in March that was kind of fight-filled and pretty passionate. So I think best-case scenario, obviously, is that the Bruins win. I, I don't think, like Danielle was saying, a parade and all that wouldn't really matter. I think it would just mm -hmm. kind of be uh, making good on the loss from Game 7 last year and kind of proving that they are the best team in the league at the moment and just kind of making that official. But in terms of crazy predictions, yeah, like I said, I, I can easily see it kind of being like what we saw after the the lockout where we had Carolina-Edmonton, like a, a final that nobody expected, and, and see kind of something like the Coyotes and the Panthers or, or something stupid like that in the final. Mm. But ideally, it would be a, a Bruins-Blues repeat so that the Bruins can, can kind of vanquish that, that uh, ghost that they have hanging over them. Yeah, I guess now that you said that, I guess I'm going to man up and say that I want the Lightning, even though I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are the best matchup for them. I think that let's have let's have the Lightning play the Blue Jackets in the first round and then play you guys in the conference finals. And then whoever we play in the Stanley Cup finals, I really don't care. I mean, as long as it's not Edmonton, that, I think that's the only team that I'm really scared of, or I guess maybe is the threat to just embarrass the lightning in the play in in the finals other than that i guess you know maybe the abs and the blues either way but uh amy what do you think about your caps do you think uh what are what are some your, of the predictions well, your from, wishes from from an eastern conference perspective first your wishes kind of dovetail with my very bold prediction my very bold prediction is that only two metro teams are going to make it out of that play-in round and they're going to be the blue jackets and the Rangers. It's not a bad prediction. I mean, the Rangers are a feisty team. I would love team. to see the Leafs lose. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> yeah, the Le I, I, I uh, Ian said he would want, love to see the Leafs, uh, the Leafs lose. But yeah, I think that the Rangers I mean, are. And, you know, as a Cats fan, I'd love to see the Pens lose. I'm sure the Flyers <laughs> ladies might agree. I and I think, I think you know, in this time of the COVID Cup, as Danielle so so plainly put it, anything can happen. Yeah, I mean that. I don't know that the Penguins are as big and bad as we might think they are. That's true. I mean, especially with this long layoff, and I mean, granted, 
Crosby's still early in his 30s. And I don't think the Islanders are as big and bad as as, as they think they are. No, they're definitely not. I think if any of these uh, lower-seeded teams that we should be looking out for, maybe just to eye eye on them, are definitely the Rangers. Um, They're scary. Uh, They have a three-headed monster in that who, you know, any one of those guys, if they're hot, could pitch a shutout that night, as well as Panarin could drop two or three goals on you in one night in a couple of minutes, especially. If anybody from my division is going to win a cup that's not the Capitals, I want it to be the Rangers. I want to see Lundqvist win a cup. Yeah, I think that's the one. Absolutely not. Yeah, I think. (laughs) He deserves to rot. At first, the way she was saying that, I really thought she was going to agree at first, but. I really did too. (laughs) No, no. No, he. Ha- how many chances has he got? Has he had to get out of that team now? With what teams in front of him, though? He's had. He's, but he had. To- he there. They wanted to trade him to get him out of New York many times, he and he said leave. no. He'll well, die before he well, leaves, and that's York. fine. And that's fine. But that's his ship to sink in. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> well, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think. His and best the Rangers. Chance I mean, I don't know. I, I I can only look for it from a Flyers point of view, but the Flyers played the Rangers very, very well. And that's a team that I wouldn't mind the Flyers playing in the first, um, if they get past in the first round, because that's a, that's a good matchup for the Flyers. Now Flyers girls real quick. Are you kind of aiming um, maybe in avenging your Stanley cup final loss from years ago and playing the Blackhawks in the finals this year? Would that be like a perfect scenario to end it all and, you know, hoist the cup? No. Up? No. <laughs> Because that would mean that the Blackhawks got to the Stanley Cup final, and nobody yeah. needs that. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, I don't think that's a distinct possibility. Well, I think the league really, really wants an original six Stanley Cup finals this year. I, I mean, think that's that's all well and good, and yes, TV. Enjoy ratings, that blah, fake blah, marketing blah. construct. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I could only imagine the the promo videos they're gonna do for that series of two. Uh, original six teams make it just like tons of old black and white footage uh fl- and then just flashing to highlights from this year with some of the star players i mean it's the it, that would just be like the nhl's dream out of after everything that's happened coming up we'll wrap up with how the group feels about seeding in the round robin tournament now what is just going around what is maybe how how important is seeding for each of us, and who is the team that we really you know if we if we could pick instead of just play these stupid games, how who if we wanted to pick an opponent who do, who would we want to play personally? Seeding means absolutely nothing to me. Top prize is home ice advantage, and considering except for Edmonton and Toronto, not. yeah, there's no fans, so really there is no prize. So seeding really doesn't mean anything unless maybe you're going unless you're the team that ends up playing Montreal if they even upset Pittsburgh. But with matchup, I want Toronto. I think that's the best matchup for the Lightning at this point right now. Um, other than that, maybe Carolina, but I doubt they're going to beat New York. And then, yeah, I just think I think if I want to really here's – a, here's a thing. I want the Blue Jackets, but at the same time, I feel like they're, we could see a definite repeat of what happened last year. So, uh, Amy, who do you want? How important is seeding? And how do you think about, you know, what team do you want the Caps to win, uh, play against? I have to take a win, too. The seeding doesn't really matter to me all that much either. Insofar as, you know, 
it matters insofar as it puts us in a matchup. Now, here are the things I don't want. I don't, actually, there's only one thing I really don't want. I don't want to play the Hurricanes. And here's why. It's not that I don't think that we could beat them. I do. It's that the Hurricanes as an organization and as a fan base, ever since last year's playoffs, have decided that there's some sort of rivalry between the Capitals and the Hurricanes that is longstanding over the course of one playoff series that the Caps lost. So I just don't, I don't necessarily like, yes, we have a rival in Pittsburgh. It's longstanding. Yes, we have a rival. Ladies, I love you, but we have a rival in Philadelphia. That's longstanding. You can't manufacture a rivalry. And I don't necessarily want another one. We, we got our hands full with Pittsburgh and the Flyers already. So if we don't have to deal with the Canes, that'd be great. Other than that, it doesn't matter to me. I kind of tend to agree with you, Adam, that either the Leafs or the Blue Jackets might be the easiest to for us to deal with. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ian? Who are you thinking is the best matchup for the Bruins going in, you know, out of the round robin games as well as how important is really seeding to you? Yeah, I don't I don't really think seeding is that important, taking out the home ice advantage and just kind of the uncertainty of, of who the matchups will be against. Um, we're not too concerned about it either way. I wouldn't want necessarily to get the fourth seed and have to play the Penguins. I think they're the best team of the, uh, you know, eight that are vying for that official playoff spot. I would also, I think, as we said, kind of been, be a bit leery of the Rangers as well with, with their, their goaltending and, and Panarin. Um, but, Overall, I don't really think it matters. I would love to, to see the Bruins and the Canadians in the playoffs. That's always always fun. I'd love to avoid having to deal with a series against the Maple Leafs. Just being a Bruins fan up here in Ontario, that's, that's just always a hassle. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it has worked out, but eventually, you know, chances are it might not. So I don't really want to live through that. And, um yeah, I don't, I don't really have a preference as to who they play in the first round. Um, you know, my biggest hope is that, you know, they all just all stay healthy and that they can all just come up to the bubble and all the teams remain kind of, uh, you know, COVID-free and we can just get through this without looking back and – thinking it was a mistake to have even tried to, to bring hockey back or mm-hmm. sports back in general. So uh, that's, that's my preference, I guess. If you can boil it down to that. Right now, Rachel, um, just personally, I would like to see you guys in a series against the Rangers just because, so, you know, I don't really care who wins that series. I just wouldn't want to play the Rangers after the round Robin. Um, so if they take care of you guys, you know, even though I think you both are great, I wouldn't worry that much. I wouldn't be too upset if the Flyers got knocked out after the round robin matchups. But uh, at the same time, now having said that, what do you think about seeding? I think Rachel, before you said it means absolutely nothing. And who, what team do you think is the best fit coming out of the round robin for the Flyers to play? Uh, well, Danielle already mentioned the Rangers as 
a good matchup. So I I absolutely agree with that. I think that based on how the season went, um, it, it's a really good thing. Uh, honestly, it's kind of unfortunate that none of our teams can play each other in that first round. Yeah. Uh, because I think the Caps would honestly be a good matchup in the as well. I think you know we've been pretty successful against the Caps this season, including a seven to two game that was a lot of fun. But you know that being said, I just yeah I just can't really think about some of the other teams. I w- I would really hate to see a Flyers Pens yeah. series. More than anything, I just think the narrative is so overblown and I just, um, it's exhausting. And I would like to move on a little bit from that and just have like a real fun, solid hockey series without all of that extra stuff around it. And that wraps up our round robin round table. There was a little bit that I left on the cutting room floor, but I think you got the gist of it. And I want to thank the hosts once again, for their time and for welcoming me into the Locked On Podcast Network by having this roundtable ahead of the playoffs. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about life in the bubble, and then we're going to preview the Capitals exhibition game against the Carolina Hurricanes. With the ever-increasing numbers of car makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership. For example, a Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey costs $353.99 at advance and $216.79 at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always provides the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. 
rockauto.com. Before we get to our exhibition game preview, let's take one more little look at life with the boys in the bubble. So we're learning a little bit more about what kinds of things can happen in downtime in the bubble. And I'm here to bring you some information about what our young capitals have brought along with them uh, to keep them occupied when they're not on the ice. So in case you haven't seen anything about this yet, just to kind of set the ground rules, each team has their own floor in the hotel. So, and they're allowed to fraternize with other people. It's just, you know, the social distancing rules have to be in place. Masks have to be worn, except when they're eating. And, you know, everything is safety first. There are player lounges set up on each of the floors for the players where the guys can get together and socialize. I've seen on social media uh, with some other teams that guys are playing virtual golf, um, guys are playing card games. I saw today that um, some members of the Carolina Hurricanes are keeping themselves occupied by playing Katana. Um, but what are the Capitals doing? Well, let's see. We've got a team full of gamers, mostly. Um, starting off with Jacob Verana. He packed his PlayStation 4, and he made sure that he packed some comfy clothes that he could lounge around in. He also really likes to Netflix and chill as far as streaming services and things that he'll be watching instead of playing. He really says he sticks to movies more than TV shows. So his Netflix account is going to get a workout. He also expects some intense competitions involving games like Mario Kart, Fortnite, NBA 20, NHL 20, and lots. And this was his quote, lots with a lot of T's and S's, of FIFA 20. I would love to be a fly on the wall to watch those things. Connor McMichael is bringing his X Xbox. So we're learning who the differences are between the Xbox guys and the PlayStation 4 guys. Evgeny Kuznetsov and Beck Malenstein are PS4 guys as well. They're bringing theirs along. Jonas Siegenthaler is going to bring his along, but... Carl Hagelin is kind of pushing him towards bringing board games and decks of cards, including Uno, so that we can have sort of some lo-fi games going on as well as uh, the console gameplay. Michael Kepney, all he needs is his iPad. Everything he needs is on his iPad. Apparently, that's the way he's going to go. And the other way that the guys are going to keep themselves entertained they actually really all want to be entertained by Braden Holpe and his guitar. Those of you who may not know, although most of you probably do, Braden Holpe fancies himself a guitar player. I have seen a brief clip of him playing and singing at a bar in Canada. I think during one of their Western Canada road trips, either last season or the season before. And, you know, he's an amateur guitar player. But... TJ Oshi and Jacob Verana are big fans. They are really itching to kind of sit around like you would at a campfire and listen to Holpe entertain them on guitar. Again, 
something for which I would like to be a fly on the wall. Now, there's no word yet. At least I haven't seen it. And if you have, let me know and point me in the right direction on whether the Capitals pulled the same really classy move, in my opinion, that I've seen done by the Nashville Predators as well as the Toronto Maple Leafs where when the guys showed up to their hotel rooms in the bubble, there were already framed family photos waiting for them on their dressers or their side tables, which I thought was a really, really nice touch, especially because a lot of those guys aren't going to be able to see their families for quite some time. So that's a little bit of a look inside the bubble. When we hear some more from the bubble and some things inside scoops that you might not be privy to um, look for it here and then go look for it online now the moment we've all been waiting for we have an exhibition game on wednesday at four o'clock in the afternoon that's a four o'clock puck drop folks against a team that heretofore on this podcast will be known as the carolina whaler king they used to be the hartford whalers They became the Carolina Hurricanes, but in my heart, as someone who grew up watching the Whale, they will always be the Carolina Whaler Kings. So, I mentioned this a little bit in our roundtable talk, but I think it bears repeating. There is a rivalry, and you can't see me, but I'm using my air quotes, between the Whaler Kings and the Capitals that really exists more on Twitter than anywhere else. The latest example being that a few days ago, or maybe last week sometime, the Capitals followed the Hurricanes on Twitter. And then the Hurricanes noticed this and responded with a tweet that said, well, guess we finally showed some class. And then the Caps unfollowed them, which I guess they hold as a badge of honor somehow. I think, and... I've read in a couple of places what really happened is somebody hit the follow button by mistake because the Capitals Twitter account doesn't follow any other NHL accounts. And so that follow for the Canes was probably an errant finger or thumb that hit a button that they shouldn't have and then realized it uh, once it became a little too public. But enough of the online hullabaloo. Let's talk about what's going on on the ice. Yes, we lost in the first round to them last year. This year's a little bit different. Justin Williams has returned from pseudo-retirement. Dougie Hamilton is no longer injured. These are both things at at the pause or slightly before that might have affected the outcome of the Hurricanes season had we completed a regular, regular season. At the pause, they would have held a wild card spot. But now they're playing in the best of five series against the Rangers for a chance to move on. And before the pause showed up, Carolina and Washington split their series. So they played four games and split it right down the middle, two wins, two losses, and scored the same amount of goals as each other. They each scored 12 goals in those four games. There's a little bit of bad blood. There's some history. There was Warren Fogle's hit on TJ Oshie that left him injured. 
and there was the storied fight between Ovi and Svechnikov during the playoffs last year. Rod Brindamore says as of today that the Canes will use both of their goalies in the matchup. I haven't seen any word from Todd Reardon whether or not he's going to split time between Braden Holby and somebody and who that somebody might be. So you're listening to this on game day. Look around. We'll see what we can find. And of course, tomorrow we'll talk about what ended up happening. It'll be good to watch meaningless hockey for just one game before we head into the playoff mindset for the rest of the summer, which sounds weird and would have sounded a lot better had we played a regular, regular season. What will the exhibition game bring? Probably just another chance to push the rivalry narrative. And again, I think that's being pushed more by the Canes than anybody else. We'll see what the media does because everybody's been so starved for hockey content. They might just jump on that rivalry bandwagon as well. Beyond that, it's a game that statistically means nothing. But for us Cavs fans, it means a chance to finally see our team play again. And I could not be happier. Next time, we're going to review our lovely exhibition game. Talk about what happened. Hopefully have some good news. We're going to have some playoff players to watch because... Today's the one free game we get before we get into the games that count. And we're going to start a new segment that I would like to do once a week called the Caps Social Circle. So, until then, make sure you rock the red, unleash the fury, and cheer in all caps. Thanks so much for listening.